Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, Sophie here, producer of the Vice Guide right now. I want to use this episode as an opportunity to make sure that you've checked out Motherboard's new podcast about hacking called Cyber. On this week's episode of Cyber, the host sits down with Kim Zetter, the legendary cybersecurity reporter and author of the original news story on the Asus hack. It's a really good episode of a really good podcast, so here it is. uploading the virus. Eagle one, the package is being delivered. Imagine if hackers could slip malware into an automatic update to your computer, sneaking a backdoor into your machine through a trusted channel. Well, that's exactly what happened last year to thousands of people. Cybersecurity pros have long warned of the perils of so-called supply chain attacks. In these types of attacks, hackers compromise a computer's hardware at the factory, or poison a software update from a manufacturer, tricking victims into installing malware. Last week, Motherboard contributor Kim Zetter revealed one of the largest and scariest supply chain hacks in recent memory. Hackers broke into the servers of Taiwanese computer maker Asus. They then pushed out a malicious update to thousands of people. According to Kaspersky Lab researchers who uncovered the attack, around half a million Windows computers received the update but the hackers only targeted about 600 of those systems. It's not the first, and it won't be the last hack of this kind. Kim is here today with us to talk about this brazen supply chain attack and how these kinds of attacks have evolved in the last few years. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. Okay, so Kim, uh, very important question. Asus or Asus? (laughs) I don't know. I'm hoping you know. <laughs> I think for the for the you know for this interview we'll go with Asus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this because it's you know a supply chain attack by a nation state. Those don't happen very often. No, they don't. Although when they do, they're spectacular, um, just because of the nature of them. Um, in this case, you know they're tricking the software update tool. Um, and to install the malware on a customer's laptop. And they've also signed it with, um, the attackers have also signed it with a legitimate ASUS uh, digital certificate. So it it looks completely authentic uh, to the user receiving it. And how many people did this affect? Well, um, Kaspersky Lab researchers were the ones who discovered this, and they said that at least 57,000 of their customers got infected with it. Um, But that's only, you know, what they can see. And so you have to sort of extrapolate that to other AV companies and other, um, you know, uh, ACES customers who maybe don't have antivirus software on their systems. Um, And under that estimate, uh, Kaspersky thinks that probably half a million customers 
of ASIS got infected. I know that I spoke with Symantec and, and at least 13,000 of their customers were also infected. So already at that point, we're up to 70,000 that we know about. So let's zoom out a second here and just why don't you explain to me what a, a supply chain attack is vis-a-vis -vis nation states when they're using them? Well, so supply chain attack just refers to an attack that happens. It usually is referring to something that's happening during um, a manufacturing stage or assembly stage or um, in something that we call interdiction, where as um, equipment is being shipped out to a customer, someone like the NSA or the CIA or someone else will intercept it uh, from FedEx or UPS and then do their manipulation and then send it on its way. Um, so those are the ways that we know, um, for instance, that the NSA has done that, because we've seen that in the Snowden documents revealed. Um, or you can get, you know, there was that famous Bloomberg story about the um, manufacturing plant in uh, China or Taiwan that was um, inserting malicious chips, supposedly inserting a malicious chip on the motherboard. So those are the ways that we traditionally think of supply chain. But uh, an even better way is to do it the way that this happened with the ASA system, which is to hijack that trusted channel um, for updating software on the customer's machine. And it's not even something where you have to actually you know, physically plant something inside of a machine, you're actually doing it via the internet. Right. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier in that sense, but it, you know, you're, you're, it's supposed, I mean, it should be harder because you're trusting that those manufacturers, um, you know, that they're, they have interactions with a lot of, um, customers and it's a, supposedly a trusted channel. You have this, um, assumption that those vendors are protecting their networks better than, you know, the average network. Certainly you're hoping that Microsoft and Apple and all of those update networks are um, doubly secure. Um, but this ASIS example shows us that if an attacker can get into that system, and why, why shouldn't they be able to get into that system in the same way that other people get in, you know, through phishing attacks and things like that. Um, the, the, the thing here is that they got into, um, they're in a, a signing server. So they are on a server where ASUS was um, signing its malware with its legitimate digital certificates. Um, and so those signing servers should be better protected. So ASUS, a Taiwanese computer company, is hacked in a very sophisticated, spectacular supply chain attack. Who, what's the going on? Who? Who did it, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have some suspicions. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably the Chinese. Um, Kaspersky has tied the attack uh, potentially to a group uh, previously known as the Shadowpad crew who had attacked a South Korean company um, and done a supply chain attack through them and also tied them to an attack of, um, in 2017 which we, that we know is we know of as CCleaner. CCleaner was a, a security software tool and someone got into the supply chain there, the, the deliverance mechanism for updating that CCleaner tool and um, was able to infect users that way. Um, so, and those attacks um, are believed to be attributed to Chinese nation state hackers. Also, I should point out that they, the, this, is, this is what was interesting. Um, the researchers think that the actual ASIS intrusion into its network came through CCleaner. 
So CCleaner, when it was infecting systems, also was targeting, it infected a lot of systems, but it was also, it had a targeted list. And on that targeted list was um, at least two ASUS computers, or, uh, or sorry, two ASUS computers inside ASUS, you know, um, uh, ASUS network computers. And so it's possible that the attackers use CCleaner initially to get into the ASUS network and then set up their attack through the ASUS network to then infect others. Not that I'm suspicious of wanting a nation state wanting to have access to a wide array of, like, say, 70,000 computers, because who knows what's on those computers. But why? Why did this, why do you think this attack happened? What were they targeting? Um, well, they were targeting, um, so that's an important question. Uh, so they, they were infecting uh, about half a million systems estimated, but they only appear to be targeting about 600 of those. And how do we know that? Because in the malware files that Kaspersky collected from customer machines, hard-coded into those files were um, 600 hashes. And they cracked those hashes, those cryptographic hashes, and those cryptographic hashes were actually unique MAC addresses for specific systems that they were targeting. And so what would happen is the malware that came through the ASUS network, it would get onto a customer's machine and it would immediately look for the MAC address on that machine, the MAC address for the network card on that machine. And, and then they would hash, it would hash that network, um, that MAC address. And if the hash on the MAC address on that um, user's machine matched one of those MAC addresses hashed in the, um, the attacker's malware, they knew they had a targeted machine and they would instruct that machine then to reach out to the internet to a website that the attackers controlled and to download a further backdoor onto those 600 machines. Now we don't know who those 600 people were and we don't know exactly how the attackers obtained the MAC addresses of those machines. So in other words, what you're saying is, this is kind of a case of, I mean, there's 70,000 people who are affected by this and then we're only targeting 600 people. It's kind of wild that an update that was for thousands of people were targeted at a few and those thousands of people were kind of caught up in this nation state hack. I mean, the, the name that Kaspersky gave it, Shadow Hammer, is quite apt. You know, they're using this massive hammer um, infecting, um, all we know are 70,000, but Kaspersky says, you know, half a million probably, using this massive hammer um, to, you know, to bash half a million systems when really only they wanted was 600 systems. Is there any idea as to who those 600 computers belong to? Um, no, but I mean, ASUS said in their statement, they're finally when they, re they released a statement, said that they um, were starting to contact customers. And so does that mean they know who those 600 customers are and they are contacting those people or, or what? It's a little unclear. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's a little bit of a mystery. Interesting. I mean, I guess I'm thinking to myself, like, who uses Asus computers? Uh. <laughs> like, I think I had one when I, I, like, I was a really poor university student and well, had I mean, to get a really Asus cheap makes, computer. I mean, th this, was, this was targeting the Windows computers, but Asus makes mobile phones. Um, they make, you know, systems that are um, uh, for home um, security systems, things like that, laptop systems. Um, so, you know, a lot of computers, they're considered, I think, the fourth or fifth largest computer maker in the world. Um, there are, you know, government agencies that are probably using ASUS computers, certainly corporations. Um, you know, it's pretty widespread. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly, if they were willing to do this attack, there must have been some some reason for it, and especially given China's sort of intent on trying to hack as many people as they can in order to get as targeted information as they can, because that's obviously their MO. They've done this before. Yeah, and it's also interesting that the command and control server had already been closed down by the time Kaspersky discovered this in January. So they were pushing out the malware through the ACES server between June and November, and those 600 targeted machines then were contacting this command and control server um, only until November. So either they got all the machines that they needed to get by November, or something caused them to, you know, shut down the program uh, in November. But that's that's also interesting, is whether all of those 600 computers actually got hit and then got that second uh, backdoor downloaded onto them. The other thing that struck me about this is just is just how similar to some of some of the Snowden uh, leaks, like you mentioned earlier, uh, interdiction, how they used to, you know, intercept some of these devices and plant stuff inside of them. But the other thing too is. Hacking someone through an update, that's always something I've known that the NSA has done. They get a hold of a system and they ask you to install an update and really you're, you're downloading you know, the payload to some malware that's going to be able to track your device. Well, that's different if they're targeting you, right? So you're, let's say you're in a hotel, right? And you're on the Wi-Fi and suddenly you get this pop-up saying that you have um, uh, a new update waiting for you, right? So that yeah. could be someone on the hospital network that has uh, um, initiated this pop-up on your machine and, and it takes you, if you click on it, it takes you to a malicious server and you get malware downloaded. Um, so that's something targeted, right? But if you're talking about getting into the vendor's update system, that's pretty bold and brave. And we've only seen this, um, I mean, the first time that we saw it, and it actually wasn't even specifically this case, um, but the first time we saw it was with the Flame um, uh, uh, spyware tool, um, which we believe was created by the same people, some of the same people behind Stuxnet. It's probably Israel. Um, and in this case, they didn't actually get into the Microsoft server, but what they did was they tricked Microsoft into issuing them a legitimate Microsoft digital certificate. And then um, instead of in, um, subverting the Microsoft server, um, to deliver malware from Microsoft Server, what they did was, if they were already on a network, they would redirect any computers on that local network. Um, they would redirect that update tool on those computers to a malicious server um, that they controlled. So anytime that up, that Microsoft update tool was initiating a, a transaction to reach out to the Microsoft Server to see if there were software updates, um, the malware on that network would uh, intercept that communication and redirect it to a malicious server that the, soft, that the attackers controlled. And then they would get a malicious file downloaded to them that appeared to come from the Microsoft server. So, there, so that's the only known case that we have in the wild of you know, uh, nation state intelligence agency uh, in the West using that tool. Um, and I don't believe that that was the U.S. I believe that that was probably Israel. What can, you know, regular consumers do to kind of avoid this and avoid it not being caught up well, yeah, in a nation-state I mean, hack? <laughs> not a whole lot. I mean, that's, you know, nation-state attackers are good at this, right? They do a lot of planning um, and they're smart about the ways that they do it. Um, getting a digital certificate. I mean, they're, they're ticking all the boxes, right? They're ticking all the boxes of your trust. It's coming from a legitimate server. Um, it's digitally signed. 
So it's funny, though, that there was a... Um, there were some early signs uh, about that this was malicious. Um, I write about this in the story uh, linked to a Reddit forum back in June 2018 where some ASUS customers were discussing this um, odd alert that they were getting on their computers to uh, um, download this update. And they were suspicious about the update, but they um, allayed their suspicions by the fact that it was digitally signed uh, with a legitimate certificate. And also when they uploaded the malicious file to VirusTotal to see if uh, any antivirus programs there detected it as malicious, it came out clean. So all of those boxes, you know, that you, you, you tick in order to check whether something is trustworthy, um, it, it passed the test. And what's the fallout been for ACES? I mean, are they... This must not have been great for their stock. <laughs> you know, so ASUS has been in trouble before over its security. In 2016, the FTC uh, filed some charges and complaints against it for some vulnerabilities with uh, its cloud updating and its also uh, software updating tool at that time. Um, ASUS had been notified by customers um, that they had a problem and sat on it for a year before actually addressing it and then notifying uh, affected users. And so it settled that with um, the FTC um, in an agreement that it would um, establish a security and auditing program uh, that would that would be subject to independent audit for 20 years. So um, I don't know, you know, how that auditing is implemented, but it clearly wasn't catching this. And so ASUS's response, it, finally when it did come out with a response, um, said that it was releasing a patch, which is ironic, right? Because it's asking customers, hey, if you think you've got malware on your system, uh, update it with this, update your system with this new patch, um, this new software update that we're giving you. And trust it now, really trust it. So um, they've also said that they've implemented some extra security on their servers so that it can't happen again. Um, but again, you know, they'd been charged previously uh, by the FTC, um, and this happened after that. Um, so I'm not sure that there's a reason to believe that any um, uh, new implementations that they put to secure their networks uh, can be trusted. As I said, I think I had one in like 2010, and not even because I had weird internet habits, but within two months that thing was like an infection like <laughs> it was just like like pop i would just open it up there'd be pop-ups well that's just I'd you be like, they're your target yeah i don't know i didn't really have much at that point except for <laughs> a lot of bad english literature papers <laughs> <laughs> do you think this is actually gonna i guess make people a little bit insecure to to you know, click yes to that update that pops up on their computer. Yeah, I mean, kind of uh, erode some of that like trust. This, yes, I think that that. So that's the danger. Matt Blaze, uh, professor at uh, Georgetown, has a great opinion piece in the New York Times this morning about this. That he's concerned that the greater risk here is that people will stop to trust the software updating tools um, and not update their systems. And you know, as he points out, the vast majority of updates are valid updates and our secure updates. And just because in this one rogue case and maybe a handful of others, um, those turn out not to be legitimate is not a reason for people to just leave their systems wide open to attack by not patching them and updating them. So, and I have to agree with him on that. I mean, I hope that people won't completely mistrust, but I, I think it, for the security community, it does, it's a red flag, right? We have to come up with better mechanisms for 
um, securing the, this trusted channel to users um, and also finding better ways to verify um, that these uh, software updates being delivered to us are legitimate. I mean, and also, like, kind of no shade to ACES, but to me, it's sort of, it, it pays to get a, a better product that's more trusted because they will be securing their systems better and it'll be harder for those systems to be hijacked by, say, China to I install a malicious update. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm reluctant to um, praise one company or, or denigrate one company over another. You know, if, we, if you go back a few years, I don't know if you remember Adobe, uh, many years back, I don't know, maybe 2009 or, or later, um, uh, attackers had gotten into their signing server as well. Um, and they weren't, they weren't delivering um, malware from the Adobe server, but they obtained the, um, uh, they, they obtained the, the certificates and were signing their malware with a legitimate Adobe certificate. So I think, you know, ultimately this can happen to anyone. Um, I mean, you know, maybe uh, we're assuming that Apple and Microsoft are, are more secure, and we hope that they are. Um, but still, named companies like Adobe and others who deliver important software um, can be struck in this way. That's a good ending point right there. A little doom and gloom. <laughs> Always happy to serve. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kim. You're welcome. This week's episode was edited by Dean White and produced by Lorenzo Franceschi Bicherai. If you like the show, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell your friends about us. We'll be back with more next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.